You walked right into this one. I've dated hotter chicks than you. That's all you got? Cheap trick and a cheesy one-liner? Sweetheart, that could be the name of my autobiography. I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Into the Superverse. Today we are continuing our MCU series with Iron MC Man. MCU what? Th- it's been months. It actually has been months, hasn't it? I don't know when we dropped Avengers, but it feels like it's been... Not to say we haven't seen Marvel stuff since then. No, but, you know, it, you know, we had to take a break. And there's been new Marvel stuff coming out, and it's exciting, and, you know, obviously we've been having a great time, but it is good to get back to, I'm not going to say the core of our show, but our original journey. Um, today is Thursday that you're listening to this. <laughs> I was like, no, it is not. It is a Monday. And we have either just seen or we're about to see Eternals. Whoa. So no spoilies. We're very excited. And you'll be hearing about it next week. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, due to these pesky Thursday uh, slash Friday, I guess, release dates, we can't do our movies, like our fresh movies, the same week that they come out. But, you know, it'll give us a bit of time to maybe simmer on it, give you all time to simmer on it before hearing our thoughts. And then, um, you know, we can open up a dialogue about it, perhaps. The other reason it's taken so long to get to this point, I'll just take some ownership. I haven't really been looking forward to rewatching Iron Man 3. We just watched it not that long ago, and it's a fine movie. Like, it's not even a bad movie, but it's just, like, not one that I, like, want to go back to all the yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't really itching to rewatch it either. I mean, a couple of these, like, obviously, the first Captain America was like we were like ready for that and avengers is always great iron man 3 is like one of those ones that occupies a weird spot in like people's even if you don't like it i feel like it was a letdown coming off of avengers that was my first note was like it was really hard i think to follow up avengers because avengers was like such a good movie and like it's also in the shadow of like iron man being the the main Right. Person. So I, I think it had a lot to live up to, and I just... I think it was like a regular Iron Man movie. It was. I mean, there was, like, no way that they could follow up Avengers with anything except another Avengers movie and not let people down, because it was just kind of, like, whiplash to go back to, like, a solo story, and it's like, okay, like, we know that you loved all of these characters, and you loved having them together, but we're not going to do that now. Like, <laughs> let's pull it back for a minute, you know, give it time to marinate before we get to the next team up. but and I feel like a really good Black Widow movie would have been more fun yeah. right after Avengers than, like, another of the ones that we've already seen. Right. But they also knew what people wanted. I mean, this movie made a billion dollars. Which is I think crazy. People fucking love Tony Stark. And it was, like, right there. Like, it was He had just fresh. sacrificed yeah. himself. Well, it was just... It was a year off Avengers. I don't know exactly the time, but, like, maybe a year and a half. Like, that was all still very fresh, and it's like, oh, like, he's back. Like, let's go. I do think it was pretty bold 
that they chose this movie to do like such a twist, which is still seen as so polarizing, even though I think a lot of people have come around on it. You would think that the follow-up to Avengers with Iron Man is something that they would have wanted to... Well, maybe they knew that they could get a little wild with it, but it seems like if the like a studio of this size knew what they had, they'd be like, no, you're going to make like a movie that is going to please people and get them to come see it. But they're like, no, let's do something fun with it. I feel like the whole Mandarin plot is both the worst and best part of this movie. The only reason I like it is because of the twist. But it's, like, such a slog to get to that point, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, we'll talk about that yeah, as we go through. Yeah, I know. That's, like, a later note for me, but... But I think that is the crux of the movie. Anytime this comes up on Reddit, as far as I know, it's because people are talking about the Mandarin. And, of course, that has been renewed uh, since Shang-Chi came out and reckoned with the Mandarin and the Ten Rings and yeah. brought all of that back after so long. So I that know. was cool watching this after seeing Shang-Chi. I yeah, have that note too. Yeah, for sure. It gives you a lot more context. Even if it like, but wasn't not... intended at the time. Yeah. It's just like, not context, but more just in retrospect. There's like a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Um, but we start out in the year of our Lord, 1999. We're going to party like it's 1999 in Bern, Switzerland. I think that was a good way to start the movie, actually. Yes, I greatly was. enjoyed that. Um, I thought that like... You know, even though this isn't like a fan favorite, even of the Iron Man trilogy, it has a lot of personality. And I think a lot of that is on account of Shane Black doing the directing this time around. This is the first one that John Favreau did not direct. Um, I don't really know the reasoning behind that. I'm sure I could look it up. But I thought it was interesting. You know, it must have been an odd experience for him to be there and be in it, but without the significant creative control of being the director. I'm sure he chose, or like heavily was involved in deciding who the director was. I mean, he was still executive producer. At this point, he was probably already working on Lion King. Oh yeah. I mean, he um, was working on Lion King for literally 10 years. Or Jungle Book also. Probably both at the same time. So the director, Shane Black, who did this, he did uh, Lethal Weapon, Lethal Weapon 2, The Last Boy Scout. Oh, so did he choose Guy Pierce then? Because isn't Guy Pierce from Lethal Weapon? No. Guy Pierce was in um Oh, LA, LA Confidential. That's yeah. I was looking him up earlier and I was like, they're not the same movie. I just mix them up. He also did The Nice Guys, which I know that you have seen and I have not with um this was Russell. With Russell Crowe and Ryan yeah. Gosling. So I think he was an interesting poll for this. Who? Guy Pierce or the director? Shane Black, the director. Yeah. Um, it makes sense because I guess you could kind of argue that it gives Tony and Rhodey a bit of like a buddy cop thing, especially later in the movie. I guess, yeah, that does make sense why they did that. I, I didn't really note like a different, I mean, it was like, it was more action movie than I think how John Favreau did. Yeah. Obviously the first one, and honestly the second one too, like, it, yeah, it wasn't like a... They don't feel like action movies, I guess, the first two. Yeah. Even though, like, clearly they have they a were, lot of, like, for action sure. and stuff like that. Yeah. The... Like, this had the beats of an action movie. For sure. Especially, like, the way that it... Not the way the movie starts, but, like, early on when they destroy the house. Like, mm-hmm. that felt very, like, action movie. Like, that didn't really feel like what we had seen before, I guess. I agree. So, Shane Black, who also wrote this with another guy... I guess there was like already a script or something, but they doctored it, so it would be more. They said it was more character centric, 
and more of a focus on thriller elements. It was. So that was <laughs> the goal. Was it before? <laughs> I mean, there was obviously a lot of like character stuff with Tony, which I have a lot of criticism about that because it was telling us that he learned was learning something in this movie, but I don't feel like he did. Like I don't know what his character change was at the end of this movie, which we can talk about that at the end, but I'll just say that from the get-go, I was like confused, I guess. But I'm still in 1999. Yeah. I don't know if we were No, please. getting too far away or too broad. But one, I didn't remember that they had the guy from the first movie yeah. do that really small cameo. I don't think I really knew that until like years later and then on a rewatch. You know, it's a kind of, if you don't like know, like you don't go in being like, oh, I know he's in here. It's just like some guy, but it was a nice callback. Yeah. Uh, Yesiv or? Who, Yinsen? Yeah, Yinsen, yeah. He was there for all 30 seconds. Yeah, no, it wasn't, like, significant to the plot, but just nice that, like... Yeah, I can't believe they got him back just to do that. I mean, I know this is not an in-demand actor, but it was, like, one of those, I think, an early sign of, like, that the movies in the MCU would go to a length to, like, have callbacks or keep a thread going that a lot of other series wouldn't bother with because, you know, it's not significant to this movie at all. It's basically... It's just an Easter egg, but... yeah. Um, the actress that plays, uh, Hanson, uh-huh. she, this is also not significant, but I just, the whole time I felt like she looked like a perfect blend of Jessica Biel and Dakota Johnson. And I actually, I thought it was Dakota Johnson. I was like, I feel like she's too young to be in this. I see that. But, uh, I have seen her in other stuff. She's like one of those actresses that I feel like people have seen her in things, but maybe they don't necessarily like resonate. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. Um, but I really liked her. I actually wish we had more of her in this movie. There was supposed to be more of her. She was supposed to be basically the main villain and make it all the way through to the end like Guy Pierce did. But uh, the at the time, higher-ups at Marvel, not Marvel Studios, um, did not want the villain to be a woman. Because, and as it goes, they didn't think that it would sell as many action figures. Because everybody's out there buying Guy Pierce yeah. action figures. No one buys but that. That was the justification. And the Rebecca Hall, who played Maya, is on record being like, yeah, like it was a bigger and better part. And then it just ended up getting stripped away at some point. She was to have a bigger part and also... I forget the name of the character, but you noted in the credits that she got pretty high billing. One of the other extremist people. The one that Tony in fights the in bar. Rose Hill. Yeah. She was supposed to have a bigger role, too. Um, yeah, she was also getting. cool. And, like, they... I'm going to... I'll start this at the end. They, like, did something weird with Gwyneth Paltrow's character at the very end of this movie. Um, that was, like, okay. Just fucking over women left and right in this movie. It felt... You know what? I, this movie felt dated. Like, this movie feels dated, even though it's, like, more recent than, obviously, like, some of the other Iron Mans. How, in what way? Like, just... In, like, some of that of stuff. Women? Yeah, like, and just, like, the way the story runs through, like, Tony, like, that just feels like, like, not a fresh plot, I guess. I get that. I mean, it's probably just on account of Shane Black 
being like an older school director. I mean, like John Favreau had obviously been around for a bit, but this was like that was John Favreau's, I think, like first foray into like this type of movie. I guess Shane Black came in with this experience of having written like a very particular, I think, type of like action movie for like decades. So you kind of get. And, like, you know, for better or for worse, you blend that with what was already existing in the MCU, and this is what you end up with. Because I think a lot of the Marvel movies, like, the reason they're so successful is because they each, like, bring something new to the world. And this didn't feel like... Actually, the Mandarin plot twist, like I said, was kind of, like, the best part of this movie, I think, even though I I didn't even know that was, like... Oh, people really didn't didn't like like it at the time, because uh, people wanted that to be the real character like comic fans because that's supposed to be like, like tony's nemesis so they were kind of disappointed but i think it ended up i mean i didn't mind it at the time i thought it was fun and now it seems to have worked off just in terms of like mcu world building yeah i mean it but worked was just out a happy coincidence like, but even if you just look at it in this movie like i think it's a much cooler way of doing like guy pierce's being like the person that's, like, saying they're the Mandarin doesn't matter. Like, I am the Mandarin. I've been it this whole time. Like, once again, you've underestimated me. Yeah. You've ignored me. Like, I think that was a much more compelling story than literally just having, like, this terrorist figurehead. Right. Like, Oh, for sure. Uh, if they had actually wanted to do it as the Mandarin being the character, then this would not have worked at all. Like, that would have been such a boring plot, honestly. Like, I think this was much better. So, yeah. like, in that part, I do think that was, like, fresh. But I guess, like... The stuff with, like, Tony and um, Pepper and, like, all that stuff felt stale, I guess. Well, let's talk about it as we go through. Yeah. See what sticks out like a sore thumb. Did he stop dating smart women after this thing with the... What's her name again? Beth? Maya? Maya. Where did I get Beth? I don't know. Probably. (laughs) Probably doesn't like his intellect feeling challenged. And did he stop getting handed stuff after this? Because Guy Pierce hands him the business card and he takes it. And we like In the elevator? Yes. But he says she'll take both. He hands it to her. Oh, okay. I was looking at that because hmm. he normally says, yeah, like, I don't yeah, like being handed I thought things. That, okay. Oh, yeah, then definitely. I feel like that was the impetus for that. <laughs> One of those things that just slowly developed. Uh, yeah, it's fun seeing Tony in, like, full... Like, you know, like, we thought we saw him, like, in his prime, like, douchebag mode in the beginning of Iron Man, um, which in a way we did. Iron Man 2. And that, but, like, this is, like, you know. Oh, I think they even could have gone harder with it. Oh, I think they could have, but they were like, how much do we do and still, like, not have people be like, wow, I actually don't like Tony Stark anymore. You can't, people that already like Tony Stark are not going to stop No, 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 they cannot be phased. Okay, I'm in present day now. That was all my notes on 1999. Yeah, poor, poor Killian. Pretty, pretty rough. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Like, I feel like he should have been smarter to know, like, that was going to be the outcome, though. <laughs> if you know Tony Stark, like, there's, yeah. like, something, there's, there is some ego there to be, like, well, he'll listen to me because he'll respect me, like, if you know his reputation, I guess, which I assume most people did know Tony Stark's reputation. Yeah. I guess it's not, maybe not any deeper than it just being like a kind of like awkward loner type, but I did get some uh, Jamie Foxx Electro vibes <laughs> from him. Um, of course, like without, you know, not quite the obsession, obviously, just in terms of like screen time too, but 
yeah, like, actually, like, believing that, like, okay, like, he really likes my idea, and I'm gonna get... Right. Like, he's gonna, he's gonna ditch, like, the cavalcade of women that he's with to come talk to me. Like, that doesn't excuse Tony at all. No. But, like, I do feel like there's, and clearly he does have a huge ego, so, like, I think that was just, like, one way of showing it was, like, yeah, I'm important enough. Right. So we get a look into how Stark has been coping in the time since we last saw him in Avengers. Obviously, he went through a wormhole with a nuke, came back out of the wormhole, almost died, and we don't see really what happens to everybody in Avengers afterward. We, we well, just they kind get of, shawarma. Yeah, it's like they win, and like we're good to go. And I think that, you know, I don't know how people feel about the execution of the plot, but choosing to move his character forward by like focusing on him basically having PTSD was very interesting. Because I feel like that kind of... Like, they had grappled with some of this stuff with characters in the MCU, but this was, like, didn't quite cross into what I would consider, like, DC thematic territory of, like, trauma and stuff. But for a character like Iron Man, who is, like, the, always, like, the funny one, like, quippy and all the banter and stuff, just to be, like, straight up, like, I don't know what happened and it's freaking me out. Well, and, like, an overly confident person, too. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was hard for me to think about it so significantly this time around, having all of the background of, like, Endgame. Right. Like, it feels so, like, okay, big deal. Like, you went through, like, a wormhole and, like, came back. Like, you're going to see much, much worse after yeah. this. But trying to remember, like, that was the most significant thing we'd, we had seen in the yeah. MCU. Maybe, actually, Thor kind of introduced some stuff, too. But, like... Basically, that was the biggest thing that happened. So, yeah, it was... I mean, I think that's pretty groundbreaking for them to do that in a movie to portray it like this, I guess. Right. I wish that they had actually showed him dealing with it better. You know, him dealing with the PTSD, but also, like, kind of recovering from it. And they just kind of, like, snap fingers. Like, I'm better now at the end of the movie. And that's not really how it happens. Right. In the movie, though. But then we, we later see that, like, no, he's not. Like, obviously, we don't see him having, like, anxiety attacks again, but, like, all of Age of Ultron happens because he still, like, has not let it go. Yeah, I had a note about that, too. Like, he's, there's still, like, something there that he can't shake, obviously. Like, nobody could. I think that's more about, like, knowing that there's, like... Stuff out there. People in space. Sure. And you noted this, but, you know, we are uh, about... Two months too early to be watching this because... Oh, yeah, it's a Christmas movie. I guess, movie. If, yeah, if it, if it comes down to brass tacks, it seems like a strange choice. I mean, I guess it's just, like, another thing, but, like, it doesn't matter at all. Didn't it come out in, like, November? I do not know. I'm just like, whose idea was it? No, it came out in May. That's which so makes it weird. even stranger. That's, like, bad mom's... Christmas edition coming out in like July. <laughs> so weird. Same thing. Same type of thing. <laughs> same movie. Same movie. <laughs> um, one thing I like that they do in this movie, which I know you don't love like how they end up changing the suit, but I do like that they show us the evolution of the suit in this movie. Like it's not just, oh, in like 2016, our technology, like 
in the real world is better so we can do better technology in the movie it's like actually showing him evolving his technology yeah and using this movie as a way to do it i think was really smart and i liked that we get to see him like developing and evolving it i guess i do I mean, my re- my reasoning for not liking the suits later is literally just because they went all in on the, uh, like, nanotechnology. Right. And that's not in this at all. They still have, like, the cool, like, individual plated suits. Yeah, and... but you can see, like, it, right. it's headed. And you're right. Like, you know, it is, it's like, okay, well, we have an opportunity to have him bunkered down in his house for, like, a year doing nothing but building suits. So <laughs> let's just jump, like, yeah, like, years ahead. In advancement. So next time you see him, you're like, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, like, he's always, like, making it better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the Mandarin, like, having the context of Shang-Chi now, and, like, the real Mandarin, very different. Is the Ten Rings logo that they keep showing the same in Shang-Chi? Or is that, like, just a made-up logo it is. for this movie? It's the same one, yeah. And that's, like, one thing that I saw a lot of discussion in uh, after Shang-Chi was released. Because, you know, we had originally seen Ten Rings... In Iron Man 1, when they kidnapped Tony, we saw them here. And then it was really just, like, a couple very small Easter eggs, um, but nothing established about them, like, lore-wise. And, like, the way it had been presented in Iron Man 1 was, like, kind of a generic, like, Taliban-esque, like, terrorist group. Like, Middle Eastern base. Right. So it was like, okay. And then it's here, and we don't even know, like... Because, obviously, the twist, it's like, okay, well, that might not even... They could just be aping them. There's nothing to really indicate that it's on the scale that it's revealed to be in Shang-Chi. But it is the same, so somebody knew about it and just... Also, are we, in this movie, connecting this back to the first movie? Like, are we realizing, like, oh, that's who kidnapped him? I guess we could, but they never talk about it. Because they never say Ten Rings in this. No, they just show the logo. But that, that makes it all the stranger that they never mention like draw that line because you would think that 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 would also like fuel this whole tony versus the mandarin thing right yeah very weird i hadn't really thought about that before yeah i mean so much of it well i'm not gonna say it's been retconned but it's just it's yeah it, it is i guess it's just completely different than what we had been presented in the past so it's in this it's like well who found out like who decided to use the 10 rings and did they know that it, the Ten Rings was like a real thing? It was Guy Pierce, and I'm to... sure he did. I'm sure he wanted to use something that was like threatening and already like established. Yeah, yeah. I guess if he hadn't died, they would have come after him, <laughs> as well as Trevor Slattery. <laughs> and I don't think he would be alive anymore, unlike Trevor, because what skills? Well, I guess he's, you know, they could use his technology. Kind of like a Sam. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Justin Hammer. I think they're very similar. For sure. I do think Extremis, if it weren't for its fatal flaw, uh, is, like, extremely overpowered. And I think that in Shang-Chi, there is someone that has Extremis, like, in a background shot. But it's one of those things... Oh, yeah, they're, like, fighting. Yeah. It's just, like, one of those things where it's, like, it's easy to never mention this again because it would be a problem if it was still out there. Yeah, because I had that note about Pepper. I was like, so is she permanently like that? But they just kind of write that off. They're like, <laughs> I'll fix it. it. I'm like, okay, I don't know about that. If we don't kind know how it works in the dumb. first place, I guess, then it, they can just hand wave it away. Well, let's talk about uh, Happy Hogan. Head of the, security? Uh, 
yeah, the last time we see him basically before the end of the movie because he gets sidelined the yeah. entire time. I don't know what that was all about. Maybe he, yeah, honestly, maybe he was, he was doing those other movies and like literally couldn't be there for it. Yeah. He's like, I will do the mullet for one scene and then I'm out. Um, he was looking forward to that. Sure. I mean, he was, a you know, obviously, uh, employee complaints were up 300% per pepper, but he was really on his head of security game in this. I don't know if he was actually good at it. I didn't say he was good at it, but he was like out there trying. He was into his role. Yeah. Certainly. This is like one of the only times that we like see him doing something like of his own volition. Because in every other movie, he's just like cleaning up after somebody else's mess. In Spider-Man, we get more of him. Yeah. Yeah. I just felt like in that, he's still like with like Peter the entire time. Yeah. But I guess in the same way, he's trying to protect Tony when he's... When he follows the, him. Yeah. So I know you haven't seen The Punisher, but uh, some of it. there's a plot line in the first season uh, that involves a veteran. I forget what the character's name was, but he is like similarly manipulated into working for um, Ben Barnes's character. who's like running a military contractor and there's no like extremists or anything but he basically is like really struggling with PTSD and is like living at home and just like all this other stuff going on. And he like tries to blow himself up and does, but he doesn't, he doesn't kill anybody. But I was kind of saw some parallels to that. Obviously the Punisher being the Punisher took like a lot more of a somber and uh, like grounded approach to it. But yeah, I, they introduced a lot with this movie um, a lot that like doesn't end up going anywhere. No. Um, like they introduced a lot of plots that all like got wrapped up kind of. Um, but the whole military thing is interesting, and this whole Iron Patriot thing. <laughs> the Iron Patriot thing is so funny to me. It's so dumb. First of all, I think, and it just like kind of goes back to this whole like military industrial complex. And I feel like they're dancing around this thing of, like, vigilante versus what would normally be, like, cops. But in, like, the Marvel universe, it's more, like, vigilante versus military. And it's, like, I've asked this. I was asking this question a lot in the second one. But, like, what are they trying to say about this topic? Like, I don't think they know. I <laughs> No, I don't think that they had a mission statement. I take the War Machine Iron Patriot thing to be like a very, that's like a jab, I think, at like, okay, we can put the red, white, and blue paint on this yeah. thing and like turn it into an icon. And, and then it ends up working out name. extremely poorly for yeah. them. So I think, you know, yeah, not none of the MCU movies are are being like, we should take a, a hard critical look at our nation's military but I do think that was kind of a cheap shot, especially because it, like the Iron Patriot suit literally is the one that like blows up Air Force One. Right. Like that's, you know, in a, if the MCU like tried to be more consistent with like the background of its world, this would be like a national crisis <laughs> that would have ramifications a lot harder than like what, anything else that we see like the vice president literally getting arrested in a 
scheme to kill the president. Like, <laughs> Hydra is not the problem. It was well, already bad. Maybe that was all part of it. <laughs> but I think that this all that political stuff is the worst part of the movie. Yeah, they didn't need to do all of what they did. I mean, like, I, why is the president like a main character in this movie? Like, none of the other movies are quite like that. No, it, that also that feels very like Dated. old school action movie. Yeah, um, I do like the like vice Superman. president plot though. Like, I like when he like calls him and he's like, "Everything's fine." Yeah, I think like, that was that a kind good of reveal. But yeah, it, it is kind of it. It stands out because. We don't see very many, like, government characters. I mean, beyond, like... We see, like, generals and stuff like that. But, but yeah, I was going to say Ross. Cause he, yeah, he and has, Secretary like, of State. Right. Um, but, like, you're right. It's it's pretty... It, it stands out. Yeah, it, it, like, doesn't... it. It's not grounded um, to have, like... Like, it just raises the stakes in such an unrealistic way. Mm-hmm. Like... The fact that War Machine or whatever, um, Iron Patriot was just able to walk on to Air Force One with, like, no security checking anything is, like, stupid. Yeah. Like I kind of thought that was, like, for me, like, just my headcanon, I guess, to make it make sense, is, like, tying into them, like, being, like, way, like, overconfident and being, right. like, well, this is, like, our guy, like... Yeah, but, but it's like, if you're going to raise the stakes, raise the stakes. Yeah. Like, don't introduce the president. Yeah, then. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, they could have kept it in that realm of, like, having the oil big wig. And, like, maybe the president is calling to be, like, you have to do something. But I don't know. It just it just felt silly. I guess that was part of, yeah, how it felt dated. Sure, yeah. No, definitely silly. Which is why I think that the twist with the Mandarin, like, helps the movie. Because it, like, it lessens new. it. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I will say, way. though, like, obviously... Um, like, we get the twist, and we learn a lot more about, like, Trevor Slattery and stuff. I do think the fake Mandarin was, like, a pretty threatening character. Mostly, I like how Ben Kingsley, like, delivers his lines yeah. as Trevor Slattery as the Mandarin. And, like, the doctored footage and stuff was, like, yeah. was cool. And I like how it was, was like, scary when everyone, I saw like, it. Yeah, and, like, when he, like, quote-unquote, like, kills the hostage. Yeah. And everyone's, like, watching it, like, on the TVs. I was like... Yeah, this it was really crazy. scary. Which I think makes the twist even better. Right. Because you, you buy into it so hard. That, yeah. Like, this, is, this is like a real thing. I didn't like, and I guess you're not supposed to, like Tony being like, yeah, I'll give you my home address. Like, My note on this was like, to me, anyone else doing this would be reason for me to be like, this is completely ridiculous. No one would ever do this. But I'm like, Tony would absolutely do this. At the expense of literally everybody else, Pepper, just to make a point. Yeah. Like, which I mean, are you makes, not worried at all? It makes so much sense to me. Like where he's at, like in this movie. Like, give me a reason to like, like I've been working on all these suits and shit. Like, give me a reason to like, be I need worried. something to do. Or like, if I'm gonna have anxiety attacks or like be worried all the time, at least I have like a goal. I feel like that's part of it, just because he needs like some sort of. He needs someone to be fighting, more or less. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, if you're going to, like, dance around and just, like, be on the TV, like, I'm going to bring you to me so I have something to direct all my energy towards, which is obviously stupid, but... 
That's where he's at. This was like a note from like a couple scenes ago, but I always appreciate like when new technology is like showcased when they had Guy Pierce have like the marbles that show like the brains. Oh, yeah, I was like, so this is cool. cool. I like it when there's like cool technology in movies. I always, I do wonder um, if like this is it for AIM in the Marvel Universe. Um, they're a pretty big deal in the comics, I think. And the Avengers game that came out last year, they're like the main villain. Who would be taking it over, though? I don't know. Like, yeah, we Salvin, probably won't... does he survive? I don't think so. No, he's gone. Oh, yeah, he was on the airplane. Um, yeah, I mean, I think with with Killian dead, AIM is dead. So, no. But, you know, they they have Roxxon pop up in this, and I don't think we hear about Roxxon again. Or see them until like Loki. There's like a Roxxon store that they're in Loki. So they have like these corporations that are consistent. And I'm like, well, they could always choose like if they need like just some villainous company to pop up. Yeah, like a bunch an of them available. Uh huh. Which Roxxon's in the Spider-Man game, isn't it? Yeah. It's, but yeah, I think they're in the first one a bit. But Miles Morales, they're like the the main, the main background. Yeah. But yeah, they're the villains. Um, one, like, like, tiny plot hole that I was, like, questioning during the movie, they actually answered. I was like, how did the actor, like, Trevor Slathery not come up when they, like, were looking up the Mandarin, like, reverse image searching, but they, like, mentioned plastic surgery, or he mentions plastic surgery when he's, like, Which is so, I was like, okay, good. (laughs) I'm glad they filled that little plot hole. It was, like, not a big deal, but I did wonder that. Yeah, yeah. I actually was thinking about that, too. I was like, well, we do have the internet. No one, like, saw him on TV, and I was like, yeah, I recognize that guy. Yeah. He did a really good King Lear. Like, he obviously wasn't, like, a super famous actor, but enough that, like, he could have probably been oh, found. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm at the house. Yeah. Up. Rest in peace. In Rest pieces. In peace yeah. It's an pieces. insurance nightmare. Can you even imagine? Can you even imagine? I mean, do they, you think he has those suits? They will not be paying out on that. They're like, sir... You cannot you were tell negligent. a terrorist to come to your house and collect your home insurance policy. All those cars. Ugh, so sad. The piano. That piano is probably worth more than some of those cars that he owns. Seems like he would have a nice piano and never play it. The piano is not worth more than the cars. I don't know what nice pianos are worth. Probably not. <laughs> yeah, real bummer. Where does he live after this? They rebuild the house, I think. Do I feel we, like see we see his see home? It. I thought we see him rebuilding it, but maybe not. He goes to New York, I guess. He lives on the Avengers, or he lives in Stark Tower, or Avengers Compound. Wow, well, I really have no idea. They don't talk about it again because why would they? <laughs> There's no more Iron Man movies, like. And then the lake house, eventually. Yeah, that's true. Is this the only MCU movie to like actually show a different part of the United States? Like this, like Tennessee thing, like to like actually... not a coast. Yeah, like not New York or like yeah, basically L.A. San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, like I Middle want, America. I kinda. want to say yes, and presumably like a conservative area. Maybe the the only other like ones that I could think of are wherever the Dairy Queen is in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Oh yeah, and I, I guess don't know where Thor. That is. Thor is in like Albuquerque. Or yeah, something. but like Midwest. We don't go to the Midwest a whole lot in the MCU. What's Tennessee? Well, it's, it's the South. But yes, 
For sure. And between well, that... Well, and just, like, showing, like, these characters that are not, like, part of the... Yeah. I think that the whole, like, Rose Hill part gives this movie a lot of identity. Yeah. For that reason. Well, the the kid does, definitely. Mm-hmm. And I like the whole thing where it's like, well, one of Partly. the guys that blew up is from here, and, like, there's people that know him, and, like, the whole, like, kind of scheme that's happening. I really liked that. Yeah, like, him kind of figuring out this mystery. Yeah. I think, I do think that's, like, a strong part of this movie. The whole time... It's the political stuff that's, right. like, really brings down the movie. I think, the, well, the end of this also, like, loses me. Like, I think the final fight in this is kind of boring. I'm not a huge fan of, like, the... Bring in the dancing Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. So the whole time when he does not have a fully functioning suit is my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, that was... I had the same note. I was like, I feel like they had really clever ways of keeping him out of the suit for this movie. Like, it made sense with the mm-hmm. plot. And I think that was important for, like, an Iron Man movie to actually, like, see Robert Downey Jr. Like, see Tony, I guess. Yeah. Why? Okay, this is one of the criticisms, though. Like, they're, like, trying to teach him a lesson. Right. Like, Tony's, like, trying to learn this lesson. Like, but why does he have to keep learning the same lesson over and over again? Like, basically... What I determined was, like, basically letting your ego, like, act out your actions. Like, look what happened to Pepper. And then, sorry, this is, like, one long thought. I was, like, trying to put words. And then, like, we still had to go through, like, the aftermath of Avengers 2. So, my criticism was more on, like, Avengers 2 posts that when he meets that mom. Yeah. Yeah, in Civil War. He goes through that whole new, like, crisis of identity and it's, like... What, why is, why do we, why do I feel like we're still like over and over again, he's learning the same lesson. Like he learned in the first Iron Man movie. And then again, in the second Iron Man movie, he learned in this, like, I feel like it's the same lesson over and over again about his like ego, but I don't know if they, these are all different ones because to me, he's not changing. Like, I don't feel like his character is changing very much. I never really thought about it. Yeah. I, it, hmm. it kind of feels like it's him spinning his wheels. But I feel like, and I can't tell you why, but I do think there's a difference between the lesson that he learns here and in Avengers 2 versus the one that he is trying to learn in Civil War. I feel like this is more about, like, his his ego, uh, just like, well... But see, that's the same thing in Avengers hmm. 2. It's like, you can't solve this. Like, you need to... Yeah. You can't be bigger than the U.S. or yeah. government or whatever. I think in Civil War, when he meets the, the mom of the person that got killed in Sokovia, that's less about him and more about, like... The impact of the event. Well, he's, like, overcorrecting, almost. Right. He's like, well, I can't... I've learned that I can't, like, put myself fully into something, like, and have it work out. So I'm going to completely remove... My like I don't trust myself. You, yeah, like, I take myself out of the equation. Let somebody else handle it. Like the course correction is just too much. But I do think that's his, like yeah, that's his whole character drive in all of these movies. Is just like like <laughs> yeah, the first movie, the he's like learning not to be selfish. Okay, we get it. And like he finally, I guess, come that comes to fruition in the Avengers movie because he like makes the sacrifice. But then I feel like this movie, it's, like, kind of the same shit again. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like, he is being selfish by being like, Mandarin, come find me. Like, he's not thinking about anyone else, even though he he probably thinks he is. Like, I'm going to end this once and for all. But, yeah, I guess this is just more about ego. And, like, that's the voiceover at the beginning where it's like, you make your own enemies, like, thing, and they, like, he, like, does the voiceover at the end. I'm like, I don't know if we needed this. And I also feel like you're, again, telling us a lesson that's being learned, but I don't actually feel like the lesson was learned, I guess. Yeah. I I guess the only lesson there is, like, he's, I can still be Iron Man even if I don't have, like, the suit or the, like, arc reactor. I literally... Yeah, but I don't think that's the lesson he needed to learn. No, no. Obviously, otherwise his uh, character development would have been over here. I don't, I mean, I'm probably going too far into the psyche, but I'm only bringing it up because I felt like they were bringing it up so much in this movie. I think they just found something that they liked and were able to harp on and not have it. Like, even though it did, like, cover common ground over and over again, I don't think people really felt like that. I think it was just, I think for a lot of people, like, that's what makes him, like, such a, uh, like, enigmatic character is, like, he has everything, but he still is, like, always, there's always something. I'm Uh, tired of it, personally. Well, you don't have to worry about it anymore. I'm definitely tired of his ship in Civil War. Oh, yeah. Well, that's at its worst, I think. Worse than Iron Man 2? In a different way. (laughs) I think it's more dangerous in Civil War. Yeah. Uh, in Iron Man 2, he's just annoying. <laughs> um, I feel like I've been talking a lot. Yeah, I kind of lost, like, where we were at. I guess uh, we have, like, all of this stuff in Tennessee, and Harley is a great character. Um, just, like, a fun, you know, you get not a lot of kids in these movies, which is fine. Uh, which is fine, but it, this was, like, a great, like, banter opportunity. Yeah. And when he's, like, trying to manipulate Tony into staying by being like, I'm cold. <laughs> and Tony was like, I don't care. <laughs> just leaves anyway. It's like in Endgame, like, when uh, his daughter is, like, won't go to bed. He's like, go to bed or I'll steal your toys. And I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> this, is, this makes a lot of sense. I also like that they showed him being, like, a smart kid, but not, like, a savant. Like, he's just, like understands enough to like be like yeah no i understand i'm into this kind of thing but he's not like tony level like super genius child do some shit where he would like fix the iron man suit yeah but he was helpful because he understands enough yeah no he was a great addition to this i think he felt like a as realistic of a kid as you could get in one of these movies i think yep and not annoying which is always a pro for a child character i feel like the other main kid is an ant man and she's cute. Oh, yeah, for sure. Cassie. For sure. Um, I was really pumped to get the um, Max cameo. Not Max, but Max Adam from... Adam Yeah, from Happy Endings. Fantastic Just edition. enjoyed him. Love Gary. Love that he has a doll of Tony Stark that he chose to get as the basis for his tattoo. Just a lot of great characters in that sequence, which I love. And that, that goes directly into, um, I don't know if you have any Miami. more notes like, while we're there. Yeah, he, he tracks the Mandarin to Miami. And I would say that I, I kind of questioned it in my notes, but I do think that's my favorite scene 
is him like breaking into the compound. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so fun. Like he has like the improvised like pressure gun, and it's just like okay, like yeah, he can he can do this. He can without... hold his own without the suit, right? As long and as you just give him time to build some stuff. Him waiting for the suit is a funny bit. I really enjoyed that, <laughs> even though it's like kind of corny. I'm like, I I like this kind of bit. Yes, I agree. I enjoyed that a lot. Did you have any notes about um, Maya and? Gwyneth Paltrow, like that scene, like her, oh, like, like that kind of kidnapping. Yeah. Um, that seemed to me like, I don't, so all this, like with, with Rebecca Hall talking about like where this character was originally meant to go in the plot, it feels, it's pretty sudden, um, that I guess I'm kind of jumping to a different scene, um. Well, yeah, when she's, like, there with Tony. Right. I guess, like, this, the scene with Gwyneth Paltrow, like, or Pepper, like, I wanted more of that. Like, I wanted to know more of, like, where Maya was at before we get the Tony scene. Because yeah. her shift in character, like, I'm going to sacrifice myself kind of thing was, like, way too quick. Yeah. I think um, she deserved a lot more uh, character development than what we got. But... I think it was just when they made that choice to not have her be like the major antagonist or at least like continue throughout the movie to the final battle, it put them in a weird position. And it was kind of like the worst of both worlds. Um, Cause I, I find her character like very compelling and I like the actress a lot. Like, yeah. I, was like, I want more of this character. So it's always a disappointment uh, when she gets off. So not so early, but you also know, she like, of, Dies off screen. Yeah. I guess she just like crawls away and dies there. Like we saw her get shot and yeah. then like go down, but she was like still definitely alive. And I was like, is she still alive? Are they going to bring her back? For I don't something? know. Like maybe that's, maybe she was originally going to come back from that. We'll never know. Yeah. I think it would have been, I, I didn't want to necessarily take away some of the guy Pierce stuff. Cause I also thought he was a good villain for the most part, but I wanted more with her and her having, like, a different reason Mm -hmm. behind her actions. Like, I don't think, like, she says, like, you know, when you first get into it, like, it's all about the science. Like, the science is so pure. And then she's like, but then it kind of, like, isn't anymore. It's like, well, what changed for you? Yeah. Like, what happened? Yeah. Was it, are you, they also imply that it's also Tony's fault for her. And I'm like... I don't think so. Or, like, if it is, like, that's not well explained. Like, why she's harboring resentment towards Tony. Just because they they had had a one night. night Yeah. I don't... Or she resents him because he, like, drunkenly, like, wrote a thing that she had been working on forever and was just, like, resentful about that. Could have been. Which, again, would have been fine, but I would have just liked more, like, to understand more of that. Yeah, yeah. I would have rather her been the villain than Guy Pierce. Not, to, you know, I don't dislike him, but I, towards the end, I think it gets a little one note. I just didn't care about like his goal. I guess neither do I. Neither do I. He didn't really have a goal. I guess he was gonna get like political power. Yeah, but then basically controlling the VP. But like, how far is that going to get you? He said that, but then he's like, "Well, I just need an excuse to kill the president." Like he wasn't gonna use the president. I don't even know if he knew what his goal was. He was just like kind of accruing power for no reason. But let's talk about meeting Trevor Slattery. Yeah. 
you know, from from when he comes out of the bathroom and says, "Don't go in there for twenty minutes." You know, you're you're in for a good time. Um, that was funny. And it's just like his whole, like what a what a life he is leading. Just drunk all the time. Like, I panicked, and then I fixed it. It's so funny, and I don't know how that guy was not like you. Obviously, just told Tony Stark everything about our operation, um, and it still makes it. I'm still shocked that he survives to see the events of Shang Chi because I was like, this guy, he's too dumb to kill. I guess. Right. It's like what was this? What purpose? Keep him around. He's a good time. (laughs) well that's why i mean i think that's probably the most unrealistic thing that the real mandarin would be like oh no this guy's entertaining like he's not like he's annoying yeah (laughs) but i'm glad like it was still fun right i'm not mad about it um but so like while i get why some dedicated or diehard fans of the character or of iron man's stories um throughout like comic history would be upset by this i think it's just so funny and they don't really uh reckon with like the reason why they didn't really want to use the mandarin in the first place which is because it was like a racist archetype and they weren't like comfortable with it like they don't talk about that in this um but like knowing that that's part of the reason why they decided to go this route i think makes it all the better that they were finally able to like do it right Right, I think it was just a a really long payoff for people that were, like, waiting for it. Like, that sucks. That's, like... But also kind of cool, because it's like, well, it's not going to happen, and then it did. Right. I'm sure some people were still like, well, it happened, but now there's no Iron Man there, so... If you're disappointed, write in and tell us about it. Yeah, please, If you were disappointed. We'd love to hear from you. I'm, like, basically at the end. Let's Let's talk about Air Force One. Oh, yeah. I didn't care. So we kind of jump from um, the the sequence in Miami to Killian's attack on Air Force One. Well, he's using the Iron Patriot armor because he has kidnapped Rhodey um, and this Savin guy who does all the hard work is in there. I'm like, like, what's the deal with this guy? Like, they bothered giving him a name, but we don't know anything about him. Like, I wanted him to be like, I don't know. Like, what's the deal? What's the deal with the muscle? Uh, I think he's, like, ex-military, like, yeah, probably I mean, bitter no, it's at, just, like, like, some guy. It doesn't matter, but... The treatment he got. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, pretty pretty spectacular failure of national security to have just, like, this random dude get on Air Force One and uh, completely destroy it. Also kind of contrived that the only way that Rhodey could get in touch with him is through the vice president because Tony had their number. Like, Rhodey's way high enough that he could have called someone directly on Air Force One. Like, that was a little contrived. Yeah, I agree. I didn't really even think about that. But uh, I do like... I'm here to find plot holes, clearly. (laughs) There's there's no shortage, I don't think, in this one. I do like... uh, like, saving everybody that falls out of the plane, yep. though. Yeah. Um, pretty good moment from Tony. And I love the fake-out of him not being in the suit. Because, obviously, yeah. you know this is possible from earlier. Uh, and but we forgot. And hit by the truck and yeah. it explodes. Um, that was good. You would think that this... I know all the suits got blown up, but this technology probably could have come in handy. 
Well, they a use lot. it in um, Fast and Furious Nine. She's like driving the jet. It's like a simulator. Well, I guess the technology crossed cinematic universes. Oh, are they not in the same? They could be. I don't know. Uh, I just think that Tony could have spared himself a lot of pain and suffering by not being there physically. Well, that's what just the actor ends up doing. For you. That's what they end up doing with Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> just stand in front of those green screen and you're, you'll be done in three days. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, so you have the technology for a fully functioning Iron Man suit and you can just like sit at home and you're not using this all the time? I, doesn't he use it again? Or maybe it was in a different movie where... Yeah, he does. They use it in Spider-Man because he's not actually there. Right, right. So they do use it again. Yeah. Plot conveniences, though. Yeah, so after we rescue all the passengers from Air Force One, we end up at this oil tanker, and Killian's grand scheme is to kill President Ellis, which... Like on TV. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think this plan would have worked out, even if it had gone through as planned. Also, who cares about... Pre- like, we didn't... I didn't care about the president. We like, he means nothing to we me. We don't know the president. I mean, this guy had popped up, like, in the background. Right. In other movies. So, like, it's kind of cool that there was, like, this consistency. And he, like, still showed up again, like, later. It's, like, I think, 24. Or was, like, mentioned. But, um... <laughs> yeah. Like, we don't... Yeah, we don't know or care about him. Or, like... The stability of the government in the MCU. Because it doesn't matter. <laughs> um... I do. I just had like a flashback to. I remember when uh, the first season of Luke Cage came out, and they like make a reference to Obama, and people are like, "This doesn't make any fucking sense." Like, what year is it? Where's like, Ellis? No Obama in the MCU, <laughs> and people are like, "But who cares about President Ellis?" Nobody. <laughs> exactly. But I think so, there was. I think. A post on the Marvel Studios Reddit, like talking about like how many terms he's been president or something, and like what are the rules of the MCU? Like, are there it's term an emergency, the so know. it's like FDR. Like, I have to stay president. <laughs> as long as there's superheroes, I'm president. Yeah. So basically, it's a you know we just get this big fight scene. Um, Stark summons all the Iron Man suits out of the ruins of the house because. They were, like, in a secret, special underground vault. But they do show some of them being, like, destroyed, like, being shot at. I think that there were, like, the ones that rise up from the basement were there, but there was also, like, that display case, and all of those got blown up, I guess. Rhodey's there doing his thing. Rhodey's there. Yeah, sadly can't use any of the cool Iron Man suits. I was like, why would you... I get it, like, it's a funny joke. They're only coded to Tony, but also, like, it would have been fun to see... Guy Pierce. Yeah, but I guess he, like, told it to do that. That's what I mean. So. He could have told it to go on Rhodey. Yeah. <laughs> Just a good bit. But, like, I'm like, I want to see Rhodey in some of the other suits. I mean, I know we see him in, like, the other one in Iron Man too, but... Oh, I don't care. Would have just been a fun moment. Um, they're, they're all the same. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> we do see, like, the big one, though. There's, like, a Hulkbuster-looking well, one. He's normally War Machine, so... Yeah. Um, Pepper's here, and... She survived getting the extremist procedure, but we think she dies. Yeah, just like when Stacy. Yeah, pretty rough. Sorry, we're still raw from it's that. A, <laughs> and we always will be. 
Um, I gotta say though, pretty good uh, face acting from Robert Downey Jr. when he like misses her hand. He, yeah, like, he like has like he's like trust me, and then just lets her go. Like doesn't even lunge. Well, he wasn't ready. That's the whole like he was like you have to like let go, and then the thing blows up, so she drops anyway. Uh, like I'm not saying like it's still it's his bad, you know he should have caught her, but I was like damn, like I'd that, be pissed. That, he would that would have broken that man. <laughs> like that's that's it. Like he looked like he was like I'm done. But she survives. She's all good. And she has like a minute's worth of superhero punches and superhero landings. Yeah, this is the thing that I thought was the, was what I was mad about. So he's like fighting Guy Pierce, and he's like, we think he's donezo, but then he comes back again. And then Gwyneth Paltrow like comes in and like gets him basically. And she looks like a bad guy and she's not saying any words she's just like on fire like she looks like a zombie like i think that was kind of a a flaw in this extremist thing was they looked like zombies um but so she was like kind of walking like hunched like a zombie tony's like talking to her and then she just kind of like growls at him and then like goes back to like fighting pierce and then like after that, then she says, oh my, that was like so violent. And I think it was just the worst way to do that. I was like, great, they're giving her a part to do that's more than just the damsel in distress. And then like, I feel like they ruined it with like a corny line. And then also like that weird, like, I'm not talking like I'm looking evil bit. Like, I don't know. It just fell off. Like, that's not how they would do it. growled. Well, I don't, it was like. Maybe it wasn't, like, a growl, but, like, made, like, a noise at I Tony. Just didn't, yeah. Like, if that, if that had been a male role, like, if that had been Rhodey, like, they wouldn't have done it like that. Also, like, they had her dressed in this, like, very, like, sexual outfit, which they even, like, make mention of. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It just felt like, come on, aren't we better than this? Guess not. No. Yeah, they could have definitely handled that better. Um, but I am glad that she got to do... Yeah, at least she part. got some yeah. sort of moment. But it's like, we get small potatoes here. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of felt like an afterthought. And then, of course, like, they just, just hand-waving away her having that, or having it removed. I anyway. think it would have been cooler if they just let her keep it. I agree. I guess it's just, like, they probably just didn't want to have to, like, worry about, like, like, what that means. Like, could it ever it just still means... just, like, randomly fail? Like, would you just blow up one day? Sasha probably also has, like, other, like, health risks, I would guess. Look, I'm just glad that they didn't have anybody else except uh, Killian breathe fire, because I thought that was the corniest thing. I was like, do we really need to do this? Like, I know it was, like, played as a joke, like, because Rhodey, like, made a crack about it, but I was like, this just looks weird. It's like, I feel like I'm watching a Superman movie. Yeah. Also, those tattoos. What are we doing? I don't know. Yeah, I don't... Like, dragon tattoos? Get out of here, Killian. What were they doing with him? I don't know. I don't know. Guy Pierce deserved a better part in this. I think... I think he did a good job. Yeah, but Killian is just, like, goes down as, like, one of those MCU villains that people don't really remember. Right. And then it's just, like, the movie's over. None of this stuff really matters. Like... 
it was all negated basically by the end of the movie. Like everything was mixed. What do you mean? That was introduced. Like this whole extremist thing was like, okay, introduced, now it's done. All of this Iron Man fleet introduced, now we're destroying them. <laughs> like it was like, we're going to create a plot for this movie and then we're going to completely destroy everything that we introduced so that we can't bring it up in another movie. I wonder if that was intentional or not. Like, Because it's like the not... end of Iron Man's trilogy. Right. Like, we don't know where we're going to go, so let's just create, like, a final... Like, if it needed to be the final story for this character, more or less, it can function as, like, an end piece. And not... Like, I'm I'm still, to this day, surprised that they never did another Iron Man solo movie after this. Because they had all of the reason in the world to do another one. They didn't need to stop. I mean, it was, like, nice having it as a trilogy. And obviously, we're only just now getting characters with more than a trilogy's worth of movies like this far into the MCU but what um, like Thor is going to be the first one with a fourth yeah, movie yeah Thor and I was going to say Captain America technically I mean it's going to be a Captain America movie yeah but that's different but it is different um I mean they do heavily involve Iron Man plots into the Spider-Man right like movies, yeah he's so. never like his presence has never gone. Well, and obviously Civil War, but I mean, like... They went six years without having a solo movie of one of the... Their, hands down, their most bankable character, which is kind of nuts. He didn't want to do it. <laughs> no, and, like, that makes sense, but, like, I feel like any other studio... Well, obviously, like, Robert Downey Jr. has, like, a big say in that, of course, but... But, like, what would they have done at that point? Like, Well, I they, think they must they, have known that, too. Yeah, like, like, they couldn't do a big enough villain that wasn't then linked to everyone else. Unless, like, they had really gone off of Civil War and had, like, Bucky be his villain in one of the movies, in his, like, own movie. That would have been pretty crazy. I think if they had wanted to do another one, they would have had to, like, take what happens in Endgame and, like, have him, like, have a family and have that be the core of it. But I think, like, like I'm just saying strictly from, like, uh, let's make another billion dollar movie standpoint. Like that was like, like, like they could have come up with like, that's like a softball for them. But I think the way that it, it worked, um, was perfect for Tony Stark as a character. Yeah. I mean, I know I'm the only one saying this, but I didn't need another Iron Man movie. <laughs> I mean, I, people are still saying that bring back like Tony Stark. I'm like, absolutely not. Especially now. Like that would be, like, no, be there's a disservice like, to his character. We cannot be doing this. No bringing back people from the multiverse that died. Uh, except for Gamora. Yeah. But she's already been brought back. Yeah, yeah. No, it was already it's established. different. Yeah, but I wouldn't be mad if, like, we got more of Chris Evans. <laughs> I just think it's, um, like, obviously... But this there's is like, more there's, mystery shrouds. It's the risk you run. That. Right, for sure. But I also think it's like, okay, you make a point of, like, killing a character like that, they're gone. Like, yeah, well, and you can always be like, yes... There are there is a multiverse and there are variants. Please do not ask us to bring him back. <laughs> I would just say especially Iron Man because he was the beginning and then they ended it like with such finality and grace. I would say that like it would be such a disservice. Yeah, there's no way you can bring a character back after that and have it be anything except like cheap. Right. Almost like bringing Evan Peters into the fold for no reason. Hmm. Almost. I'll withhold judgment on that until 
uh, what's the Until new? the end. May, May something of next year. That's when Doctor Strange 2 comes out. That's what I was referencing, by the way. All right. Well, what was your favorite scene from this? I already said mine. What was yours? Him breaking into the Miami compound with no suit. And if I may cheat, I would just like to add, the entire time he's in the Miami compound without the Iron Man suit. So that's him breaking in, getting captured, breaking out. Yeah, I do really like, well, him getting the suit, I think is very fun in that part. I mean, we get some good banter bits there, but if I were to pick a different scene, I don't know. No, I I can't because I like all the Travis Slattery stuff. Like, I think that's yeah. I th- quality like, to me. It's just like hands down. Like, it has its strongest identity there. When I said like and in Tennessee. Like, the bits with the AIM, like, employees. Like, when he's going back and forth with, like, the ponytail guy. Yeah. And the guy that's like, I don't even like working here. Right. They're so weird. <laughs> like, it's so good. This movie's not as funny as probably the first one. I mean, the first one's not that funny. No, but, but like... But there's some good one-liners. I mean, I did laugh out loud a couple of times during this movie. But... It has its moments. It definitely has its moments. And I know that, like... Shane Black is, like, a very funny writer when he wants to be, I think. Um, <laughs> when he wants to be. Well, I know, you know we watched Lethal Weapon recently. It's not very funny. Um, but, like, I know that even though I haven't seen it, I know, like, The Nice Guys is pretty funny. And, like, he's, like, good at, like, a dark comedy sort of thing. And I think if he made this now, it probably would have gotten to shine a bit more. Um, they still had the Marvel Creative Committee at this point. So there were, like, six people that were kind of, like, signing off on... Things. Saying don't have too many women. Don't have too many women. Uh, don't, like, don't do X, don't do this. That's why they didn't, like, Iron Man 2 was supposed to be more about, like, his alcoholism and stuff. And they, like, didn't really do that. Because they were like, well, that might be too dark. Aye, so aye, on aye. and so forth. And now we, we no longer have that. So. Just, get, Kevin, what do you think? Kev? Well, he made his thoughts very clear because he was like, I will quit if you don't get rid of them. Yikes for those people. <laughs> yeah, and like sure some, some of them are like respected like comic book people, but I think it was just kind it's of, just like too many opinions. Right. Yeah, it was hindering everything. Too many masters. What would this movie look like if Zack Snyder directed it? Well, we're already close because there is uh, a scene of an extended scene of slow mo when the house gets blown up. That would stay for Zack Snyder's cut. Do you think Zack Snyder and Robert Downey Jr. would get along? I want to say no. Because he's too funny. He'd be trying to improv yeah, I just, lines too like, much. I can't even, My brain refuses to process like what an Iron Man in that universe would look like. Because well, it would be so devoid of joy. <clears throat> the red would be a lot darker. It would be like more of a, mm-hmm. a crimson It would be like Superman's muted. cape from Man of Steel. Yeah. Um, Gwyneth Pal- Pepper would have died. Yep. Yeah, Pepper would die. We would not go to Tennessee or Miami. We would be in a nondescript Scotland. town. I was going to say, like, somewhere, like, just, like, in a, a gray-looking, drab, like, rural area. Alberta, Canada. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alberta, Canada. <laughs> um, I think he would have kept, like, the military plot where, like, they were being, like, exploded yes. and... But it would be a lot more brutal. And intentional. Yeah. 
Um, we'd see some like grieving family members. Uh, Rhodey probably would have gotten brutalized at some point. I actually think he would have had Maya be more of a villain. Yeah. But really dark. This like this would be a a very dark movie. I also think he would utilize like the whole plant thing more. Yeah. Some uh uh little shop of horrors. Yeah. But not in a funny way. No. But very it could be very creepy and body horror-ish if you wanted it to be. I of all the movies that we could posit Zack Snyder working on, I think the themes of this one have the the makings of something a lot more disturbing if they chose to go that route. Oh, no, I think, like, Civil War would be more his alley. He would love for it. For sure, for sure. He and, like, wants them to fight. Yes, he does. But if if he had done Civil War, it would have ended up being the original planned ending of Civil War, which is just for them to fight a bunch of other Winter Soldiers. And not each other. Because that was another thing. That was... Actually, that's why that was on my on um, my mind about the Marvel Creative Committee. And this has nothing to do with Iron Man 3. Um, but they did not want Cap to fight Iron Man. Me neither. They did, But they were like, do the rest of this movie. But when they get there, have them fight the other Winter Soldiers. Yeah, I no. would have been fine with that. Terrible idea. That's exactly what happened. They brought in them together. It united them. We don't so, want to see daddies fight. It would have been so bad if they had done that. And that's what made Kevin Feige threaten to quit. He's like, no, we. <laughs> this is the compelling movie. I mean, I think it needed to happen the way it did, but I just, I didn't want to see the daddies fight. No, no one wants to see them fight, but it would have been such a cop out. Whatever. Thanks for going on that journey with us. Yeah. Zack Snyder Iron Man journey. Yeah. Uh, let us know because, you know, I hear about his, his ideas for other superhero movies and I'm like, damn, this guy could really go off the rails if he wanted to. So email us, hit us up on social media with your thoughts on how, uh, how Zack Snyder could do this or your general thoughts on Iron Man 3. We'd love to hear from you. And bear with us when we get to the next MCU movie. We're all in it together. Yep. Yep. We got a little bit of a dip ahead, and then after that, it's it's smooth sailing. It'll be a while before we watch Thor 2, though, because we have to finish our Spider-Man run. Yeah, we got a lot going on. We've got Eternals coming out. We've got Far From Home. Well, I mean, that's what we're... Yeah. Or not Far From Home. Uh, no Way Home is what we're up towards but it'll be here before we know it yeah well you know we gotta loop back around to x-men we got we got a lot of stuff on our plate yeah we didn't forget about these other franchises y'all we just take our time uh the george clooney batman like there's just so much that we all want to see no we have the val kilmer batman next oh i thought oh yeah you're right it is val before george even better so i've always said robin my favorite one two punch of comic book movies Hey, I do love the Val Kilmer one because I like the Robin stuff. I don't remember much about it, so I'm excited to watch it again. It's really sad his whole family dies. Spoiler alert. In the circus. What? Yeah, I do remember that. But. Hope you've enjoyed. And uh, we look forward to hopping around universes for the next couple months with y'all. And we are. Out out of of the the Superverse. Superverse.